0: Perfect. Welcome to the Sweet Science of Fighting Podcast. Today, we have Cole Wolf. Welcome, Colm. Hey, thanks for having me. No, thanks for coming on. So, for anyone who's not aware, if you do want to give us a brief background of yourself, I know you're heavily into strongman, and you've also also have a MMA background.
1: Yep. So I like a bit of a stretch to say I was an MMA fighter or anything like that, but <laughs> I did start off. Um, I've had two amateur fights, basically, with a 50-50 record, so nothing fancy. Um, but I, from there, I ended up going into strongman, um, where I did a lot better than I did at MMA, and ended up going on to compete at World Strongest Man. Um, so I've been there a couple of times. And then I also uh, did my master's degree at AUT, uh, along with yourself, and my thesis was on strongman training. Um, so the acute physiological effects of strongman training. So I've been pretty obsessed with it. Um, and yeah, I, I quite like talking about it.
0: <laughs> yeah. You, you've actually only, you've published, I think one or two papers, I guess in the very few papers that actually have been published in strongman, I guess you've got yeah. one or two of them now, right? Cause there's even now there's only, there's only maybe a handful, correct? Yeah. There's
1: really not much. Like I was having a look, um, a few weeks ago in the hopes uh so since finishing my study like i haven't um i stay up to date with the research a little bit but i haven't really like delved into it and i remember having a look maybe a month ago and was like man there's still really not that much out there <laughs> yeah um, compared to back then when we were at uni
0: yeah yeah. all right well what we'll do is we'll go into a little bit of strongman training for combat sports obviously it's a it's still relatively a hot topic people were using There are strongman exercises, strongman programs, even pure strength sport programs. So I wanted to get your take on taking pure strongman or pure strength sport training programs as a way to prepare for combat sports, whether that's MMA, BJJ, striking, whatever it is. Do you see that as something that can be done, should be done as a good idea? Or do you have a different approach that you think fits?
1: Um, so personally, as much as I love strongman and like strength training in general, I just don't think it's a wise choice to pair the two together in terms of doing a, like, you can't just do a strongman training program and then train MMA. Um, it's just, you're not really going to be developing the qualities that you want for MMA, you'll definitely get stronger, but all that, all that training is just going to add so much fatigue for your MMA training. Um, I have done it myself and it didn't <laughs> work well, um, back in the day when I was doing MMA. Um, so there's, there can be like some of crossover things can be a little bit, certain exercises can be a little bit more specific, um, say sandbag carries that sort of thing, um, you know, opposed to just doing traditional strength training, but I don't, the idea that you could just pick up any basic kind of strength training, um, and pair it alongside you know, you're prepped for a fight, I wouldn't advise that at all. I could see, let's say in the off season, let's say you're moving up a weight class or something like that. You're a fighter, you've been, um, you know, you've got a big frame and you've got the, you're probably going to have to move up. Let's say in the off season, I could see a place for some strength training or using the strongman exercises in that regard to help put on some size far away from a fight, um, even then I wouldn't do. I definitely wouldn't do train someone how I would train them to compete in strongman. Um, again, even in the off season, even if you're not having like lots of um, heavy sparring sessions or whatnot, the fatigue cost is just too high, and I think the risk of injury is just not worth it to do. So when I'm talking about like a, a traditional strongman training, I'm talking about say, you know, four four or less reps from failure on the implements. So quite, quite close to maximal, um, like most common, to be honest. So the, to step back a little bit, the mm. most common, unfortunately, still strongman training pro- program, you'll see someone take a powerlifting program and then they just have an event day where they essentially just max out every strongman exercise <laughs> they have, um, for their next competition. So I don't think that's the smartest approach for strongmen, and I, don't like i wouldn't i think it's even worse to do have an (laughs) mma program and then chuck that in on top um but again that situation i was talking about before where you're far away from your next fight you're trying to put on some muscle i could see a place for um say some farmers walk some sandbag carries um sled drags sled pulls that that sort of thing but the say heavy stones heavy yoke walk i just don't think that's a smart idea um Cost benefit wise, I don't like, will it make you stronger in a general sense? Yes, but there's probably, well, there is more efficient ways to do that. Like sticking with regular gym training, um, just the nature of carrying like a heavy, a truly heavy weight on your back and then trying to move quick with it. Um, like just saying it out loud, I'm sure it sounds more dangerous than standing <laughs> in a rack doing a squat. And then we've also got a, br- a bit of research on it showing the same thing that it's about two times, um, about twice the risk basically of getting hurt doing strongman training, opposed to general strength training. Mm. Um, So yeah, you could, there's definitely some elements that you could use from it. Um, But yeah, just taking the true, if you just Google strongman
0: training program,
1: take the, whatever pops up there and try to combine it with your fight training. I would not advise that.
0: I uh, so just, so just, I didn't realize it was, a, it was twice the risk with some of those. I guess you could see it like, with, I guess the events like moving quickly as you're saying with the unstable yoke on your back with weights yeah. heavier than your squat and stuff like that. The risk to reward yeah. isn't so great.
1: It's a study
0: by Justin and Paul Winwood.
1: Okay. Um, yeah, you've, I, I might be off on the exact number, but I think it's about two times. Um, so still like safer than a lot of sports, if you look at their injury rates per thousand hours, but again, like why, why take that risk, you know? Um, plus let's say you were trying to put on size or increase your strength for the, you know, to help with wrestling or something like that. Um, carrying a yoke again, yeah, it'll get you stronger, but is it going to get you as strong as just doing, um, let's say some squats? Probably not the range of motions much better in squats. Um, you can load it more evenly. Um, so, yeah, and less risk. So it just doesn't make sense.
0: What what kind of volume were you doing when you were combining strongman and MMA? For the people listening today, they know, like, <laughs> <laughs> okay, I won't do that. Do you remember? So,
1: basically, I was doing exactly what I just advised the guys <laughs> doing. Um, but I was only – so I – this is when we were at uni. So I was uh, – um young I was just a typical
0: of, yeah, yeah, full of recovery
1: <laughs> yeah I, I was a typical meathead and I was only doing MMA three times a week like yeah. I had a, a Tuesday a Tuesday evening Thursday evening and then Saturday morning um and then I would do strongman training I think two to three times mm-hmm. a week every now and again though I would instead of doing the MMA training on Saturday I would do strongman and it was exactly yeah. what I just described of um, so I would know. Let's say I knew what six events I would have. I would just go as heavy as I possibly could <laughs> on those events every Saturday. Um, and honestly, those sessions were like four to five hours. It was it wasn't oh, yeah. smart. Um, lots of the time is with strongman. That's like setting up the gear. So it's yeah. not like I was you know just straight training, but it's still um, yeah, it's not not smart. But as a student, I could kind of get away with it. Plus. I wasn't that strong, so it's not like the loads were um, mm. super heavy, but still, I, I think I was lucky to get away um, without hurting myself.
0: Yeah, fair call. The I guess strongman, as you mentioned, taking a strongman program probably isn't ideal, but you mentioned, obviously, there's, there's strongman exercises and things in strongman that can potentially help carry over to various grappling and other sports or other uh, combat sports. Is there... I guess any exercises in particular that you're fond of in terms of maybe carry over to to combat sports?
1: Um, So I'll go through, like if I, because we're talking strongman, there's a way, I'll just talk about the most common ones. Yeah. Like, so I'll go through the list. So let's start with log press. Um, I'm sure you're familiar with log press. It's always like, it's the staple overhead event of strongman. I don't um, personally, I don't think it's worth doing uh, for fighters either. The You can get away with it. So a log has neutral handles. So you will be holding it like this. It can be a little bit easier on the shoulders. Um, And so I could actually see, to go back on that a little bit, you could use say an eight inch diameter log, so it's not too big. Let's say you have got shoulder issues. You wanna do your push presses um, or whatever, some kind of explosive upper body movement. You could definitely do a log um, that way, like an eight inch log, but the ones Mm. that we use for competition, they tend to be 10 to 12 inches. And I, I do get asked quite a lot, like um, by athletes of all sorts of sports, like, oh, like, do you think I should incorporate log into my, you know, mm-hmm. should I get one of those logs? Um, I don't think, so a 10 to 12 inch log, it's so big that it requires That's you to- damn put yourself yourself. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, ideally you wanna put yourself in a large amount of thoracic extension, but if you're not flexible enough to do that, it's gonna come from lumbar. And you'll see like most let's say world's strongest man right most of the guys are giants so comparatively 12 inch diameter is not going to be as big but let's say you're under like um so an extreme let's use half-thor, like six foot nine you know that 12 inches he's going to be able to maintain a relatively neutral spine in that position um if suddenly you're under six foot but you still have to balance this 12 inch diameter log um, one, it's putting yourself like you're not in the most stable position, um, and two, in terms of the actual exercise performance, you're not going to be able to transfer all your power into it anyway, it's just, it's the, the challenging aspect of the log is no longer going to become your pressing power, um, but it's going to be like your ability to stabilize it in that position, so one, I don't think it's safe, and two, I just don't think it's effective in terms of what it offers you. But yeah, I could see, say, an eight inch log. Um, You could get away with doing that. Or you could Mm. just do um, like a football bar. Same grip. Um, Again, it's just a small diameter. It's not going to put you out. Um, So log, those are my thoughts on log. Um, So next, I would go say monster dumbbell, much the same. So that's a big, you clean it up with one hand and then you press it any way you can overhead. Same sort of deal with log. Again, it's not, um, you, you might as well tra- train the same qualities with different exercises. Um, I wouldn't bother giving that one a go. So an axle, another overhead one, I definitely wouldn't <laughs> do it either. Um, it's just, uh, you've seen people continental cleaning, right? Yeah. So you stick it onto your belly, you want to lean back and then you power it up to your chest. So I wouldn't bother with those either. What about um, just using
0: the axle for Pressing and other things like that. Yep.
1: Uh, so using just the axle itself as the like, let's say you're doing axle. Trailers, or or may, may, maybe
0: explain pros. the axle
1: to the listeners. Um, so an axle is normally about a two inch thick. Two. It depends on which one you have, but two to two and a half inch thick. Um, so it's like a barbell, but you have to grip it like this, essentially. Mm, um, like a fat bar. So, yeah, it's just a fat bar. So. In Strongman, it's called an axle because it's meant to be the axle of some kind of vehicle. So I think traditionally it was from a train. Um, I could be wrong on that, but I think it was a train (laughs) with big metal wheels that don't rotate. So that's right up Strongman's alley. Um, An awkward uh, implement that doesn't rotate, which forces you to put it in this weird position. Um, so in terms of doing the clean and press with an axle, I wouldn't do it, but you could use an axle for like rows, um, get a bit of extra grip work, deadlifts, depending on the goal of your deadlift, um, and you could like you could use it for overhead presses or bench presses if you wanted to. Um, it's yeah, axle by itself is could I I think it's a valuable tool. Mm, I'm a big uh, fan yourself. of
0: of pressing with the fat bar. Yep. If I had my if I had my whole gym set up and I was training, you know combat or collision athletes i'd replace the barbell with a fat bar for all pressing um, yep. that, I, I love it that much <laughs> yeah, yeah
1: just for the extra like the extra grip work
0: yeah, yeah just like the robustness of the wrists and elbows and yeah, things yeah. like that like things it's so different when you're pressing a thick bar than the, than the thin barbell and the carryover is insane too just to the normal barbell pressing yeah, anyway
1: yeah, yeah so, for sure yeah I, I could definitely, yeah. You could definitely use it for that sort of thing, <clears throat> even curls if you wanted to. Oh um, yeah,
0: that's my favorite. But yeah, in <laughs> terms
1: of actual like axle clean and press, the continental style, I would not. Like, yeah. I can't think of a situation, even in the off season, someone trying to gain weight. The only situation I can think of is if someone had a com like a strongman competition and they were yeah. doing that and fighting, um, which again I wouldn't advise. Um, <laughs> But those are the three main overheads. The other, so the next category would be carries. So like yoke walk, farmer's walk, those are
0: the- Probably the common, most common common ones yeah. you see in combat sports training.
1: And um, so farmer's walk or frame carry. Uh, so you're holding a heavy implement each hand and then just trying to walk with it. I actually think these could be one of the exercises that could be used um, in a fighter's training program. There, you can load it, so it's not gonna be, um, basically you can regulate the loading really well. It's not like it's a set weight or anything like that. Um, And it's gonna load the upper back and traps really well, but also it really hits the grip. Um, And depending on how far you're carrying it and whatnot, there's gonna be a little bit of um, cardiovascular work, but you wouldn't really, like if you're doing MMA or some combat sport like I wouldn't advise using farmer's work for your cardio training. So there's, <laughs> you know, there's a little bit of carry over there. Um, but yeah, I wouldn't say like stop your road work and just get the yeah. farmer's bars. And <laughs> well. how,
0: how how far would you, how far, and I guess it's hard to say how heavy, but how far would you recommend say carrying a farmer's work well per set if you're preparing for a sport like MMA or Jiu jujitsu? Uh,
1: I would go about 50 meters. Mm. So I can't remember what that is in feet. Um, But yeah, normally something like it depends on what gym you're training at. I would just go normally there and back so most of the gyms here are like 20 to 25 meter lanes and i'll just go there and back. Um, yeah for say two to three sets. Um, But it's the other thing it's similar to a trap bar deadlift right so if someone's working around back issues or whatnot um, you can keep a relatively upright torso and. Plus the farmer's handles tend to be quite high off the floor, you know, opposed to um, like a a traditional deadlift where it's uh, quite low, like eight and a half inches or whatever it is off the floor. So they can be, uh, so it's a good, a good exercise in that regard. Um, Yoke walk though, I wouldn't, yeah. Yoke walk personally, I don't think would have any place. I know some people are a fan of a chain a chain yoke, so mm. that's um, with chains hanging off the sides of the crossbar. That makes it really unstable. Um, personally, I am not like the biggest fan of it, um, but I could see I could see someone doing it. Basically, it's <laughs> not gonna because because of the unstable nature of it, you're not gonna well you shouldn't load it super <laughs> heavy um but it'll be a bit of extra core work a bit of stabilizing as you're walking with it um again though you could probably just get the same sort of effect from doing like a bunch of payload presses and other core exercises that are a bit um a bit safer and just quicker like let's say you were to do chain yoke it's going to take you maybe 10 minutes to set up opposed to walking over to the cable station sticking the um pin in the weight you want and then doing your payload press so Like MMA training, as it is, so many qualities to train for. Um, So I would guess most people are wanting to, you know, keep their SNC training as minimal as possible. Um, Mm. So yeah, in terms of those carries frame, frame carry farmers walk, I think could be used, um, and like for fight training again, though, not going super heavy, um, but it, yeah it, it depends like in terms of rpe i would say something like a seven like a seven out of ten in terms of just how hard the set of 50 meters felt are you trying to um, walk that as fast as possible or are you just kind of just walking if i so for strongman competition i would advise to go as fast as possible if i was doing for fight training i would just try to go um normally i'll tell you like as fast as you can comfortably so
0: hmm.
1: you're wanting to go like generally short steps, fast feet, you're not wanting to break into a full on jog. Um, But I wouldn't worry about, so with, because the goal of the strongman is to complete the course as fast as possible, that's who wins. um, You're really kind of pushing the limits in terms of finding that gait, like that length of your gait, the speed of your feet, um, that you can do everything you can. And a lot of the times, like you might lose balance and lose the farmer's walk, that's just part of training. I don't think it's worth trying to go that fast for fighters really, like you're not, you're not gonna score any points, you know, on the judges scorecard by doing a faster farmer's walk. Um, But you can still get the benefit of doing the farmer's walk by just holding back a little bit. Um, But yeah, yoke walk, personally, I wouldn't really advise. Those are the two main carries. And then the other category I would say is like the main strongman ones are loading. Um, So stones, like picking up a heavy stone in the front and loading it or a keg, sandbag, that sort of thing. Um, I don't, so there could be some, I know there is some, uh, there's that line of thinking of, you know, wrestling with the sandbag or whatever helps you develop that grip for wrestling. Um, personally, like I don't, I think doing one of those loading exercises again, will definitely get you stronger in a general sense. And also, it does train a form of, um, like hip extension, that I think translates well to wrestling and that sort of thing, driving the hips forward that you don't necessarily get with normal barbell training. So let's mm. say you let's say I've got a um, sandbag on my lap. I'll then extend my hips. I'm extending it forward basically to where the camera is um, and you go into kind of a triple extension um, and you're pulling like the implement into yourself at the same time as your hips are going forward. So it's it mm. really hits the hips quite well. Provided okay. you're doing it right, which I don't, you don't get that from a squat or a deadlift. So that particular aspect I can be quite, I think can be quite beneficial. But I don't, so this is another line of thinking <laughs> that led to, I'm not sure if you remember when Marius uh debuted in MMA. So mm. for anyone listening, this is uh, five times world's strongest man winner. He transitioned into MMA. In the he Russian league, known, right? It was
0: it like KS? KS. Yeah, he, yeah he's
1: with them now i think he was with strike force when he started or mm. he, he was at some stage but so he was known in the strongman world as having like great conditioning and he was really good at those front carries like not just like he was literally the best in the world at them so people kind of said you know he's he's carrying 160 kgs like manhandling it blitzing it doing it for a, like a minute um a minute to 75 seconds without stopping maintaining like a really good speed so you know on the internet it was (laughs) he's doing this he's gonna I can't remember who his first fight was but he he fought Tim Sylvia like really early in his career and it was like everyone I remember on the internet saying man he's just gonna manhandle Tim Sylvia um Tim Sylvia not the best wrestler in the world but could still shut him down like at the end of the day wrestling is wrestling like yeah. The, the sandbag will help you develop a bit of grip for sure But you like to rely on that to develop grip for wrestling do not do it like it's just <laughs> not, it's not even in the same ballpark um but to help complement it it definitely could help a little bit and again with that um triple extension and being quite hip dominant it can be good just to add to that though atlas stones so the round stones um I actually wouldn't do so I the the motion is pretty much the same whether you're loading a sandbag or a stone like there's a little bit of difference with the grip Um, but I would say do it with a sandbag there's not um, there's not really too much benefit of doing it with a stone but I feel like it'll put you at a little bit more of a risk for a bicep tear which again you just why take that risk Um, In strongman competition it's so I don't have a direct study on this but anecdotally Mm. we've seen a lot of people tear their biceps on stones Um, and because they're those smooth ones you actually a lot of the time use tacky so it's like this glue kind of resin substance to stick yourself to the stone Um, so if you don't have that you really have to pull it in really tight um, and it can recruit quite a lot of biceps it's just a lot of strain um whereas doing it with a sandbag there's still a small amount of risk but because you can grip with your fingers a bit more and because the sandbags more malleable you can get it in a nicer position um so yeah I would I think loading can be a great a great movement to again to assist fight training but it's not like um let's say you wanted to develop a, just a vicious double leg takedown that no one could stop you know you can just drive through people you should still be doing like wrestling to do that don't just start doing a ton of like sandbag loads and thinking you're just going to be able to drive through everyone because. it's, You know they'll just throw you off center and your power is going to go nowhere, but um, to complement it, so I think the benefits of the sandbag are going to be that little bit of extra grip. Because um, it's like you want to hold with open hands pull it in tight it's going to be training the upper back to hold it in that position and then it's kind of the actual lower body movement, it's kind of like a hybrid between a front squat and a hip thrust. Mm. Um, again, this is just me talking. It's not like I've got um, a biomechanics study to say this, but I'm sure you've seen the same thing that you're sitting in kind of a front squat position. And then imagine driving your hips up on a 45 degree angle. So your hips going forward is what's going to help load the um, the implement. So yeah, those out of those main strongman moves, um, I think those yeah those particular ones. So sandbag, farmers, um, stones, I don't really think's worth it. Uh, axle can be fine in the gym, but definitely not continental clean and press. And log, you could go with a smaller diamond, a log, just to work around injuries, give you an alternative to the barbell. And then the final, um, I would also add it in as a main one, uh, is like the truck pull. Mm. So you can do like, to set up a truck and train (laughs) like I I mean honestly you could it's a lot of setup though Um, but you might as well do it with a sled so doing it with a sled or prowler it's going to be harder anyway because once you get the vehicle um, moving with a bit of momentum like it gets a little bit easier so the sled or prowler is always going to have that kind of dead resistance which is good Um, but I think both the arm over arm variant so that's where you're sitting down and imagine where you are in the camera. I'm pulling um, with a rope and then there's a vehicle that side of me, I'm pulling it towards me. I think that can actually be a really good exercise, especially if you can get a really long rope. Um, it's going to really hammer the grip and upper back, which if you're more involved with gi, like it can really help develop that endurance. Like, let's say you're on in guard and you're grabbing up and pulling collars. Again, like, don't just think like, oh, this is all I have to do. And then I'm going to dominate. Gay, no, but it can supplement that training quite well. Um, Cause you're really developing big pulling power, um, through the upper body, but also because of the nature of driving yourself back, there's quite, it's kind of like a leg press, um, kind of like a, a bigger range of motion leg press. So mm. the, these strongman exercises in general are quite general exercises. So they're hitting uh, the majority of the body um, overall. It's not like say, you know, if we jump, let's say you really needed legs, you could jump on hack squat. You're just gonna really hit the legs, not too much else, um, really hit the quads. But with an arm over arm, there's big time grip, big time upper back, definitely a bit of biceps in there, and also a lot of lower body. And it's it's not too technical. That's the other thing Mm -hmm. that can be quite nice about strongman training. it's not going to take, you know, you're not going to have to spend three sessions learning how to push a vehicle or push the prowler, um, you can kind of just jump in and get away. Um, get away with it, uh, I should also mention I forgot the, the last <laughs> category is throwing so and um, strongman there's kick toss quite a bit now there's um, i'm not sure if you've seen the Cerberus and rogue make a sandbag with a handle on it mm, Yeah, I have seen that. for throwing. I think that's fantastic. So you could do, um, you know, you could do a medicine ball toss, but I actually quite like the idea of the handle because you'll be holding it like this, right? So your palms mm-hmm. are facing down opposed to the medicine ball holding it like this. I feel like um, just puts those biceps at a little bit of risk. So I've actually got a friend who tore his bicep doing, um, it was like a brick toss. So it just holds oh. um it's that same because you're holding it like this right ah, it's yeah putting a bit more which i can see similar to a medicine ball toss how it's, heavy I was the work like, uh it was like 20 kgs or something so it's not it too heavy um yeah. no not too heavy but just that act that's why i say like so again this is anecdotal but why let's say i was getting someone to do that and i wanted to <clears> progress <throat> the load a little bit like why do it on a medicine ball when we could just use one of those sandbags? You can have you can load whatever weight you want in it and you've got mm. that handle. So there's just very minimal risk of tearing, like of I wouldn't say it's impossible, but very minimal <laughs> risk of tearing your bicep that way. Um so I think those can be a good alternative um to med ball toss or any kind of like vertical throwing. Um but keg toss itself, you could do as well. So a keg, you normally it has handles, and you'd be holding it like this, a neutral grip. So it can be good. Um, the problem with a keg is it has to land somewhere, <laughs> and it's a big metal keg, so you kind of have to. It's just a bit of setup work. Um, but let's say like you had a strongman club or something training nearby, and you had access to that, yeah, you you could definitely do that. It's not going to be um, you know, it's not going to be too detrimental to your training or anything like
0: that. We well, can use kettlebells too, right? The old Russian method was, that's what yep, kettlebells yep. were invented for back in the day, for throwing. Yep, I, before, I didn't realize that, but yeah, yeah kettlebells before, for sure. for the buddy, what are they? the fitness people now that have come along and decided to to create competitions out of, what do they do? I think they have like a one-arm snatch competition now or something like that. And it's like, how many you can do in next time?
1: Yeah, have, uh, I'm not so familiar with <laughs> that. The they, do they, do they <laughs> just used to throw it and like on the grass field or something? And or just that?
0: yeah, into sand pits. Oh yeah, stuff like that. So kettlebells are another good way you can do that. I mean, and unless you load, I guess the throws heavy too. Obviously, light throws are great develop speed and power. But I mean, yeah. if you have to pick up humans and suplex them, obviously that would be the ideal thing to do in training to develop that strength. But yeah. you can supplement it with things like kettlebells, less wear and tear on the body. Throw yeah. heavy stuff over your head and the the advantage of
1: that that bag would just be you could do it indoors without yeah like, that's true provided you got a big gym but it's it's just so handy you can just mm. load it up and it doesn't really matter um but yeah that would it's kind of a. they have started using them in competition so i'll claim it as a strong man <laughs> <laughs> the bag the bag
0: toss I'll i'll maybe i'll, I'll find that one a on rogue. i'll link it in the description for any listeners that want to they want to potentially grab it but i wanted to ask you as well the front loaded carry variations do you yep. do, what do you think about those you like those for combat sports so like uh, zurcher carries bear hug carries like all the sandbag and yeah so the
1: front loaded carries i kind of class as, <laughs> like as the loaded? loading kind of variant yeah. but yeah i would i think those would be another good one um again with the sandbag so a sandbag you could carry like this this way but also if you stood like, so horizontal lengthways but yeah. you can also stand it up, upright and then you could like bear hug grip you could do gable grip you could do kind of any kind of grip you want mm-hmm. and then carrying it back and forth so again it's not um it will definitely supplement being able to pick someone up keep them there and you're just holding and walking back and forth i think that's a fantastic ex- exercise and it's not um so again this is anecdotal but it's not too taxing of an exercise so it's obviously going to stress the upper back and the grip quite a lot um but those will generally give out before your legs will so it's not um depending on like if uh your particular strength and weaknesses and the weight that you're using but if you've got a good grip um like a good grip on it as you're walking uh let's say you're doing like quite a decent weight the grip will start to give um and i think that can be a great thing to help um again supplement uh that aspect of grappling
0: mm, i like what you said about it. it's not it's not as fatiguing in a sense that it doesn't carry over like i like when it, when i have access to a sandbag i love just carrying it like that and then yeah at the yeah. time it sucks but yeah you don't yeah. have that you don't have that residual soreness going into well unless it's the first time you're doing it but you don't have that huge soreness and fatigue and stuff you know later in the day or the following day
1: yeah and it's, um, yeah, like, it's a lot easier opposed to asking a training partner if you can pick them up and carry them around the gym. Usually they're not
0: heavy enough anyway.
1: Yeah, that's true. <laughs> um, yeah, that's definitely the benefit of the sandbag. But the, those kind of front carriers in general, um, provided you're doing, like, I would say in terms of fatigue, doing the, hor- like, having the bag horizontally and holding it this way will be a little bit more fatiguing um but doing that that vertical like you could do you could also do it with a boxing bag like having it vertical and mm. gripping and carrying <clears throat> it, it tends to be a little bit um a little bit less fatiguing but i would say in general those front carries again unless it's like really new to you or you just go ridiculously heavy the first time doing it i would say it's a little bit less fatiguing than say doing like sets of squats and whatnot mm. um it's obviously a little bit different stimulus but um again if you're training if you've just got a general strength training plan with a you know the goal of just carrying that strength over to your training it could be a could be a good option
0: on on that truck pull as well I guess if you don't have a truck you can just drag a sled right that's like a essentially a sled pull um yeah yeah have you done it with the exogeny before
1: uh I have actually yes and yeah that, that's a pretty good alternative as well um the only hard thing about that was, I think you needed, uh, we had to do it with two people, like one person to help set it back or something like
0: Mm-mm. that. Okay.
1: Can't say that we were experts with it, but yeah, it was yeah. actually really good. Um, especially in terms of space in that as well. So if you don't have, um, like, cause you can just set it up against like a pole or whatever, yeah. it's not like you have to have space to, you have the rope, like that you're attached to. And then you have to have the sled as well. Um, Like you could just stand right next to where you're starting and then pull from there. Um, But otherwise a a real easy way to set it up is if you just get an old tire, the old tire Mm, is a good, good easy setup. Um, So you basically get a tire, drill a bolt into it, attach a rope to that. And it's actually like, if you use it on a, a surface with lots of friction, I would just do that opposed to having to load it really heavy because um, that's just the pain otherwise like having to load stuff really heavy that that was a good thing about the that exogeny you could make it um quite heavy just really easily mm. you know again opposed to with sleds a lot of the time um again depending on the surface but if it's just a regular um, astroturf or whatever they slide quite well so yeah. you have to just load so much weight on it to get what you want whereas with that exogeny you can just adjust it and it's got a like a good
0: resistance yeah for um, anyone anyone listening the exergen essentially is like a friction it's like a friction dial like a rope and you can just essentially dial the friction up and then it just adds resistance on the rope and it's essentially you can use it in pretty pretty much anywhere because all you need to do is tie it to something sturdy and you could do your truck pull or your sled drag or whatever with that without having I don't know, other equipment that you need
1: yeah and like it's like you can set up doing arm over arm rows and stuff towards you as well mm. seems pretty Seems pretty versatile, um, and yeah, it doesn't take up too much space. So that's the like obviously the I suppose the gold standard would be you have access to a like a super fancy gym with all the best equipment. <laughs> but um, if you don't have space or whatnot, it's a pretty good alternative. Otherwise, yeah, just the good old tire sled. If you're not um, worried about carrying or dragging it down in front of the neighbours,
0: <laughs> yeah, at least it's not as noisy as a metal sled scraping on the yeah, road. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> How how many how many times a week would you have uh, MMA, Jiu-Jitsu athlete, or you know, any other combat sport athlete? I guess do some kind of supplemental strongman training uh, within their training program. Is there like a too many days a week? Is there a kind of a sweet spot that you see that works well?
1: Yeah, so there like there's a couple of different approaches that I think can be taken with it. Um, I would do. So this is what I would personally do is either do it a little bit, I would say do three days of strength training um far away from a comp, or sorry, from a fight. Mm. Um and then you could get rid of um some of those bigger, like once you're getting closer to comp season, I think the strongman exercises can be good to maintain like a large range of qualities. So for example, that how I was talking about that arm over arm it's hitting quite a lot of um, different muscle groups at the same time so i feel like you'll be able to maintain a certain level of strength um without like having a large amount of volume that's going to fatigue you pre-comp if that makes sense so let's say far let's say like i don't know 20 weeks out from the fight and you had um i don't know three sets of squats and then you were doing um i don't know just one or two sets of the arm over arm maybe towards the the fight, you could start to get rid of those squats or just do them very minimally, but do a little bit more of the sled drags Um, just because it's gonna maintain like, again, like training economy wise, you can get away, like you're not trying to um, gain massive, well, I wouldn't advise trying to gain massive strength going into the fight, right? You should do your, um, you should kind of be done once you start the actual camp and you're just maintaining what you have. And I think those kind of exercises could be used well to maintain. Um, again, I don't have direct like research to use on that. Um, but I've used a similar thing on myself and with other athletes, but I w- so I would say something like um, three times a week, further away from a fight to improve qualities. And then I would tr- probably drop it down to just two times a week, potentially even one, the closer you get to a fight um, just to maintain those qualities.
0: I like the idea of that heavy sled drag as you get into fight camp. Because obviously you don't have that eccentric action, right? Yeah. So you have you know, less muscle soreness, less fat- less fatigue. So for anyone listening, obviously the eccentric action is that muscle lengthening phase, you know, with, like for example, the descent and the squat. And, you know, if you're doing heavy loads or a lot of reps things, they can, they can come bite you in the ass with a lot of different soreness. Whereas when you're just dragging the sled, it's only that muscle shortening phase, like riding a bike basically and you kind of it's almost like a restorative feeling too afterwards you know your knees feel good hips feel good you know a lot of blood in there yeah it's it's a nice concept that one um and when I've so when I've talked about doing that sort of thing
1: before I will get people again like so most of the people I talk to are more biased towards strength so they their concern will be like oh my squat's going to get a lot weaker you know And like, the truth is yes, it will in that period leading up to the fight. Um, But it doesn't, as long as you maintain your like general leg strength, it doesn't really matter if you suddenly lose, um, you know, a bit of your uh, like motor pattern towards the squat. It's not really, um, you know, you're not going to try squat your opponent, (laughs) I hope not, Um, but if you can still load the sled nice and heavy to keep that general strength in your legs, you can give it enough stimulus to maintain basically um for a little while yeah and yeah Yeah. you can you can always pick that up let's say you were wanting to um let's say you were a fighter but you still had this desire to get stronger over time and you just really like the power lifts like squat bench deadlift you can definitely resume those after the fight once you've had a break whatever it's not and this once you get that motor pattern back it's gonna come back Mm -hmm um it's not like it's disappeared forever which i'm just saying that because i get a lot of people that as soon <laughs> as they feel their squat has gone down a little bit they panic um but mm. the, yeah the goal if you're training for a fight the goal is to perform as best you can in the fight so don't it doesn't necessarily matter if suddenly when you're squatting five sets of five a week um and feeling like squats were super easy suddenly you're only doing one like at a lighter weight so it doesn't destroy your sparring um, it does like the worst thing what normally happens right is someone will get to that phase then they'll get a bit insecure and then max out their squat like, <laughs> no, I've lost strength I need to test <laughs> and then yes they max out and do worse um, but that that's to be expected but you'll you'll be maintaining enough strength for the fight but mm. I don't know have you have you had that similar um train of thought and like people that you've trained yeah Yeah, for sure i mean i
0: think most most people confuse the idea of a certain lift maybe going down to reductions and being able to produce force right so obviously when we're talking about things like squats and things there's a huge coordination component and there's coordination under heavy load and if you aren't doing heavy loads so so like a a good example is someone who runs the 20 20 rep squat program right and very rarely do you see case studies of people improving their one rm after doing six weeks of 20 rep squat program because one, you're not training that rep range, but two, you're not developing that load specific coordination with heavier loads. So when you get, when people move away from the squat and they go, oh, my squat's going down, doesn't mean that you're suddenly weaker. It can often mean that you haven't, uh, I guess, maintained or developed that coordination with that lift. Whereas you can still maintain that strength, you know, if you're doing heavy slates, as you mentioned, you're still develop, uh, producing a lot of force doing yep. that Which but you're exactly just doing it yeah do, doing something different so yeah it, like I, I tried cover that a lot when i'm writing about it on the blog as well like strength isn't just <laughs> most people equate strength to squat bench, and deadlift right because that's kind of like the market yeah. the general markers but just because you um you can't squat bitch or deadlift doesn't mean that you're not strong it just depends yeah. on the task or whatever activity it is you're doing yeah yeah, it's a
1: good a good way of putting it. <laughs> exactly what I was trying to say. <laughs> yeah. um, and funnily enough, that kind of that's where strongman came from essentially. So nowadays, <laughs> if we're looking at strongman as a sport, all the athletes train the actual implements right. Mm. But when it started, there was no training uh, for strongman. You like there were NFL oh. players, um, shot putters, whatnot, and they just were all put into this comp and. It, like a bunch of random events and let's see who's the strongest. So it's kind of, if you think of, um, yeah, there's a, I don't think I'm articulate enough to make the comparison, (laughs) but let's say you're, uh, you know, you're doing how it was back then for strongman. you just train in the gym, right? You want to get generally strong. And then you find out on the day what actual implements you need to do. And you transfer that strength over. You're Mm -hmm. trying to do the same thing when you're fighting. So, um, you're trying to maintain, like you've done your strength training in the off season or whatever, and then you're maintaining it with a little bit of these strongman exercises if that's what your plan is. Um, and then you're using that to just show your strength on the day if you need to, in the form of um, whatever happens in your fight.
0: Yeah, for sure, that's good. What's your take on strongman medleys for conditioning? Because I think that's outside of just pure farmers, sort of I think that's where you see a strongman being, I guess its application being most used is yep. even even within other sports as well. It's often strongman circuits are kind of like uh, yep. uh I guess the way that fighters use to disguise strength training when they go to the gym. Yep. But it's not really strength training. So I guess what's your take on using that as a conditioning modality?
1: Uh I think it can be good. Um like kind of with some of those reasons we talked about before some of the exercises aren't too taxing and they're not that technical. So you can kind of do them under a high level of fatigue, like you would be in like in a circuit. Um, I don't think personally, I don't think it's like optimal. I think you'd be better off, um, just doing whatever exercises like a, a little bit more specific to fighting, but I don't, I don't really think, let's say again, more towards the off season you wanted to maintain, um, a bit of conditioning and you enjoyed strongman exercises i think that's fine mm. um but maybe if you have let's say you're already doing a bunch of other training um and then towards closer to the fight you've got some kind of a higher intensity day i don't know i just feel like there would be better more specific exercises to do um to develop the qualities for fighting but um yeah so I can't as much as I love strongman I don't think it's the (laughs) um the best like the best approach but I think it can it can be done yeah um but it's like let's say we're gonna um set up a like what's the most common MMA circuit I always see it's not really strongman, but like sledgehammer slams
0: yeah definitely some kind
1: of tire flip tire flip um so just to go over tire flip quickly I think it can be a good exercise um again it's got some it's got a level of triple extension in there and provided you've got a tire that lets you hold it with a hammer grip do not i wouldn't do it this kind that's of how you way. see
0: everyone doing it
1: yeah that that puts especially if it's heavy a lot of strain on the biceps I've Seen a lot of people tear their biceps doing it that way um so if yeah if you are going to do tire flip you want to kind of you want to find a tire that's high enough that when you're bent over so i think rugby scrum position um like torso about parallel with the ground. You want your upper chest driving into the tire and you want your hands this way. That is a relatively safe exercise still with a bit of triple extension, but it's not, you can't regulate the load. Like it's always just one. So Mm. if you happen to have like a good tire for you personally, and you enjoy doing it, I think it's good. Um, but yeah, otherwise it's just like, let's say you're training with a team of 10 people or five people, whatever, it's very unlikely that all you guys are all going to be the same strength. And, and then as soon as you guys get a bit stronger, you probably need a heavier tire and it's just hard to load. Like I've experimented with, um, putting sandbags or whatever in tires. And it's just, yeah, I, I just don't think, I think you might as well just load. You could do a sandbag load and then you can actually be explosive and throw the sandbag. So from the, um, from that front squat kind of position I would do that over a tire flip, um, but yeah, anyway, just to go back to that. So the circuit, I was saying sledgehammer, yeah. like slams, tire flip, uh, what else? Oh, farmers parties. walk sometimes. Yeah, farmers yeah. Walk a bit. some kind of sled thing. Yeah. <clears throat> um, again, like to maintain, I feel like it's quite general, like you're, you're yeah, gonna have sure. a little bit of everything and uh, cardiovascular wise, it's not like super, like you could probably do stuff with a little bit more um, research behind it. But it's just it's a it's a general like training way yeah. of um, doing circuits. But in terms of setup and that, really easy. So that's a like that's a positive.
0: Yeah, it can be. I guess it can be a nice way for if you just finished a fight, you got a little bit of transition time. You know, a long time before your next fight. It's something you can do just for like cross training. Yeah, you know, just some real general prep. And bit I do
1: like even myself, not as the biggest enjoyer of cardio. <laughs> exercise, I think it's quite like strongman circuits can be quite fun, so it's a yeah, that's true. Um, if you've just come off like a gruelling fight prep with different kind, I don't know, doing sprints or pliers, whatever, um, like doing strongman circuits could just be a bit of a mental break, um, you know, while still maintaining quite a few different qualities. So I think that could be um, useful, but. Yeah, I, I don't think, my personal opinion is I wouldn't think it's the, I feel like they're overhyped in the MMA world. Like they're just, I see mm. them very prominently. Um, but I don't know, like what are your thoughts on that? I'll be yeah, curious.
0: No, I, I, I agree with you completely. Obviously, it's as a general as a general mode of training, for sure, if you're far yeah. away from a fight. But yeah, I mean, often it's used as a substitute for strength training. In my eyes I see because it's like oh we're just gonna smash you up with some circuits you know that's yeah. strength and conditioning and then um, it's just it just adds on so much extra training volume on top of you know the rounds of sparring yeah. pebble whatever else rolling everything that you just don't you don't need to do if you need to target whatever adaptation you want to target within conditioning you can do that you know yeah. within the sport itself or if you're going away from the sport to do it do something off feet something that's relatively um yep. easy on the body you can control the intensity things like that
1: yeah yeah
0: i agree yeah for sure um i think we cover pretty much everything is there anything else that you want to cover in here on strongman stuff
1: um uh, not really I just want to <laughs> talk about the the exercises so and the other um the other things that i would see i suppose the misconceptions about it so mainly the, mm. the main one i used to see was that thing about marius puginowski the, the fact mm. that, so the big thing that I used to see was the fact he could um, essentially sprint with this front carry for a minute straight without slowing down, that would translate to him just being able to punch for a minute straight, just massive power yeah. um, in the fight. And we saw like real world example, it just did not happen and he gassed out. Um, so don't make that mistake of thinking if, if you become a beast at these strongman exercises, it doesn't mean it's going to, Directly transfer to the cage, you still need to do your like priority has to be your fight training. Um, you can, there will definitely be a little bit of carryover in a general sense, but yeah, it's not gonna like just watch those early fights of Marius Pujanowski. Um, you'll see he, uh, like again, a little bit of lack of experience as well would have led to him not being able to control his breathing and whatnot and gas out a bit sooner, but. Yeah, it's not gonna. That that's a sentiment I used to see, not so much now, but every now and again I will still see it. That you know, if you suddenly become an absolute monster at these carries, it's just going to carry over. Um, if you're suddenly carrying a hundred and sixty kg sandbag, like you're going to be able to throw heavyweights around. Um, <laughs> it's just not the not the case. Um, yeah. But if like if you're a fantastic wrestler, then you'll be able to throw you know heavyweights around. If you're a relatively a uh, heavier weight class fighter.
0: Oh, no, perfect. That's a perfect way to end it too. Um, is there any is there anywhere where people can find you, follow you or anything like that if they want to learn more about you? Uh, just Instagram. So
1: the, the Wolfman, Calm Wolf, uh, that's the main one at the moment. And I'll I do get have the same thing on uh, Facebook, but more active on the Instagram.
0: Perfect. I'll check that down in the description for anyone who wants to give you a follow. But thanks for coming on, Kong Really appreciate it.
1: No worries. Thanks for having me.